Welcome to the Encouragement Cafe with Luann and Friends, where the conversation is always hot and fresh. Comfort food for your soul is always on the menu, and friends are close enough to hug. Pull up a chair. We've been waiting just for you. Welcome to Encouragement Cafe. I'm Luann Prater. And I'm Rachel Olson. And every week we gather around this table just talking about things that matter, things that are important in your life. And Rachel, you came across one of our friends that we haven't connected with for years. And I would love for you to just spend a minute telling how in the world you guys connected. About a year ago last fall, I ran into a mutual friend of ours, Sharon Janes, speaker and author, radio show host. She's uh, She does it all. And I ran into her at the Illum Conference in South Carolina, and she had just released a new book. And she was telling me about it, and it's called um, How Jesus Broke the Rules to Set You Free. And uh, it's a book about how God sees women. And I could not wait to get my hands on that book. So I'm excited to have her around the table with us today so we can talk about how God views women and how Jesus broke the rules um, to set women free. Well, Sharon, thank you so much for joining us here at Encouragement Cafe today. Girl, you have written many books that have touched the hearts of many women, but this one really is an intriguing message. The title being How Jesus Broke the Rules to Set You Free, that talks to every woman. So, Why is this book so unique in your opinion? I guess I'd say most of us women don't realize he broke the rules because what we tend to do, what I tend to do, is to read the scripture through 21st century eyes. And when we do that, we miss so much of what was really going on because, you know, we see Jesus talking to the woman at the well, and, you know, that's not really a big deal to us. I mean, that doesn't seem strange. Um, But when you go back and you learn about the culture, and you get into that story, not just reading it, but to really get into that story and put your face on those women, you see how unique it is. So it's it's not a book about the stories of the women as much as it is about the story of what Jesus did for those women in breaking the rules of the culture. And honestly, Louie, I will tell you that this is not a book I ever thought I would write. When I first started writing and speaking over 20 years ago, I just had to answer some questions for myself. And I thought this was just kind of between me and God. (laughs) Um, But then a few years ago, he said, no, I think you need to write this book and let women know what you found out um, about a woman's role when it comes to, to ministry. Isn't that just the way God works sometimes? He tells us that we have to actually share our lessons with others because When he's teaching us lessons, Sharon, it's never just about us. He wants us to help women feel like they're not alone in this thing called life. I'm thankful that you're willing to write the words down. You're willing to share the lessons that God has taught you. But here's a question. How, How can we really know what God thinks about anything? You know, when when we think about God, sometimes he just seems so lofty and far away, but we can really know. That's what you're telling us. We can know what he thinks about different subjects. Well, the original title of the book was What God Really Thinks About Women. So, you know, and at first I kind of balked at that, and I'm like, oh, goodness, I don't want to tell people what God thinks about anything, just like you just said. But as I was studying about this whole 
situation about God and women and women's roles and that kind of thing. And, you know, I was reading different people's opinions. And God just finally spoke to my heart and said, you need to go back and look at my son. Just look at Jesus and see how he treated women and see what he did in his culture. See, that's what Philip said to to Jesus. He said, you know, just show us the Father. We want to see God. And Jesus' response to him was, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So if we want to know what, what God thinks on different subjects, of course, we go back to Scripture, and we can look at Jesus and his life and how he responded to people what he taught, and then we are seeing the mind of God. And that that's the beauty of, of studying about Jesus, is then we get to know what God's like. I love that. But, you know, you, you think about all the different ways that Jesus interacted with people, and there were so many different types of people that he uh, bumped into in his everyday life. And, and really, when we think about life like that, there are times when we bump into people in our life. And if we challenge ourselves and say, you know, like the old bracelet said, what would Jesus do? I mean, Mm -hmm. that's kind of what we're talking about here. Rachel, can you think of a time when you have bumped into something in some situation, some person in your life when you really forced yourself to go, okay, Jesus handled this in a certain way. Am I going to be able to do the same thing? I can think of a five-year period called um, preschoolhood. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Raising my children, you know, and goodness gracious, you know, toddlers can um, uh, just send you to the the edge in, in about six minutes flat. I had never parented a child before, and all I'd seen was the baby commercials where they're cute, and they just kind of coo and sit there in the corner and do nothing but be cute. And that's not really how kids are. And I would have to come back and think about, you know, how does God love me? How does God parent me? How does God respond when I make a mess? How does God respond when I break the rules? You know, and that it was always the person and the relationship uh, between you two is the most important thing. Love is the most important thing. Grace can cover anything, but yet you teach a lesson in the process. Oh, what a great example. Dealing with preschool children as a mom, you really do have to think about how Jesus parents us. And so, uh, Sharon, as we're talking about your new book, How Jesus Broke the Rules to Set You Free, you know, you're talking about understanding the culture of the Bible and Explain to me a little bit about what that looks like when we're reading through the Bible, how how we need to shift from the 21st century point of view into the culture of the times. It's so interesting when you, when you think about women in general and you look at creation in Genesis 1 and 2, and you see that, you know, woman was not an afterthought to God, but the grand finale of all creation. I mean, that is awesome. I mean, we were the, the grand finale. And then he took a rest, right? I but, love um, that. You know, I... Women were honored. You know, the word helper is E-Z-E-R, the little Hebrew word called azer. And, and the word helper actually means one who comes along to rescue. I mean, we were... Um, you know, highly esteemed when God created us. But a lot happened um, between Genesis chapter 2 and Matthew chapter 1 when Jesus made his first cry in Bethlehem, because between that time, women had been devalued in just every way. And by the time Jesus was born, um, women were counted as property. 
they were not counted as people. That's why when you read about Jesus feeding the 5,000 and some women and children, because women were not even counted as people. They were property. They were property of their fathers, and then when they got married, they became property um, of their husbands. Um, Women were not allowed to testify in court. They were seen as unreliable. Women were not even allowed to sit under a rabbi's teaching. Only the men were allowed to do that. And you know, and just that one thing right there, Luann, when we think that women were not allowed to sit under a rabbi's teaching. Now, that changes everything for me when I read the story of Mary and Martha, because for years I just read that story, but they're taking away that same truth that that many have is that, okay, let's be a Mary and not a Martha. Let's don't be so busy that we miss sitting at Jesus' feet. But the real story is this. Women were not even allowed to sit at Jesus' feet. Women weren't allowed to sit at a rabbi's feet. And yet here comes this Mary, and she plops right down there sitting with the rest of the disciples ready to learn, and Jesus welcomed her. And that's the big story for me. And then, you know, of course, Martha got all mad about it. But you know what happens when we see the story of when Lazarus died and, you know, Jesus waited till they called him because he was sick and he waited and he came and he'd already died. And when Martha came to meet him, see, she had become a student also in those years. And Jesus told her that that verse that's just spoken so many times at funerals, that I am the resurrection and the life. See, he is telling that to Martha. So he is teaching her again. And she is at the rabbi's feet. So that's just one example of how they weren't allowed to learn. Jesus is doing that. Women were not allowed to, to even talk to men in public. So there was just on and on how women were treated. And every single time that Jesus came in contact with a woman in the New Testament, he broke one of those rules of the culture. He didn't mention the rule. He just simply broke it. I never really looked at that story in that way. And that is, that's a great example of how Jesus stopped the, the current culture in its tracks And, you know, today in our environment, he wants to do the same thing, but he he's asking us to be his hands and feet and to just stand up for what we know is right, to treat people the way that Jesus would treat them. And what he did was so miraculous by allowing them to be part of his world. And so today, Mm -hmm. uh, as we're talking with you, Sharon, about how Jesus broke the rules and when you talk about crossing racial and religious and gender boundaries to give women honor and respect, I mean, what are some ways that you see that Jesus did that? Well, the, the one with Mary is a great example of he crossed that boundary and allowed Mary to sit at his feet. You know, it, and, and looking at that woman sitting under a, a rabbi's teaching, you can go to the woman with the crippled back. Here's another thing that I never knew until I really started su- studying this, is that in the synagogue, the women weren't allowed in there with the men to hear the rabbi teach. In the, the smaller synagogues, they were kept behind a partition. In the main temple, they weren't even allowed on the, the same level as the men First, there was the Gentile court, then there was the women's level, then there was the the men's level, and then there was the priest level. So it kept getting higher and higher. But the women weren't even allowed to be on the the same level in the main temple. So when you look at the the woman with the crippled back and Jesus' teaching, that woman would not have been sitting there with the men. She would have been behind a partition. 
And that, that just says so many things to me. First of all, Jesus saw her, even though she would have been sitting behind the partition. The second thing is, when he called her forward, it wasn't like us walking down the aisle of the church. Mm. <laughs> she had to walk through those men to come up forward to where Jesus was. So he was breaking a major rule, just even inviting her up front. And it was on the Sabbath. And we're like, oh, goodness, he's going to do it again. <laughs> so um, he broke those rules all the time, healing people on the Sabbath. But the woman with the crippled back, we see that he called her forward. She had to go through those men. And then he healed her. And you know what is so precious, Luann? It's when he healed that woman with the crippled back, he called her this daughter of Abraham. Mm. Now, again, that might not seem like a big deal to us, but women were never called that. Men were all the time called sons of Abraham. That was very common, but women were never referred to as daughter of Abraham. Um, but the Samaritan woman, okay, let's talk about her. I love the Samaritan woman, the woman at the well, because he broke so many rules. I don't even think we can list them all. But the first, first of all, he was speaking to a woman in, pub, in public. Guys just didn't do that, They did, especially if they were alone like that. So he was speaking to a woman. Number two, he was speaking to a Samaritan woman, unheard of. Number three, he asked to drink from her cup. A, a Jewish man would never drink from a Samaritan's cup. And, you know, she was the very first person that he told that he was the Christ. And you think about that, the very first person. And the, the conversation that he had with that Samaritan woman at the well is the longest recorded conversation in the entire New Testament of Jesus with anyone. And he did it with a woman. He had that conversation with the woman. And then as the disciples walk up, she's the one who drops the water pot and goes back and becomes the first evangelist to the Samaritan women. Mm-hmm. Unheard of. He didn't say, no, wait a minute, little sister. You know, you can't do that. You know what? I just picture Jesus laughing at that moment as the disciples are sitting there with slack jawed as she goes back and, um, and she tells. During a time when women cannot testify in court because they're seen as unreliable, Jesus allows her to go back and testify to this entire town and bring them back to Jesus. Oh, there's just so many examples in that one little story. That is my my favorite story because it is the story that turned my life around, the woman at the well. And I've shared that on the program before, but yes, there are so many, many examples of how Jesus freed the woman at the well. You know, I want to jump back to when you said he called the woman that was sick his daughter, the daughter of Mm -hmm. Abraham. And Mm -hmm. I, I don't know about you, Rachel, but have you really embraced that term, daughter of the king? I mean, I know our friend Zoe, uh, she's always like, I'm a princess. I I have bling bling for the king king. And that's what Zoe would say. <laughs> but have you really embraced that term, daughter, that we are his daughter? You know, there are aspects of that that I don't have trouble embracing. I guess when I think of myself as his daughter, I think of him in a hierarchical position above me, right? Like I think of myself as a young child in comparison to God. So uh, that part I get that he is my father, my protector, my provider. But what I can't 
embrace or remember quite as well is the idea of myself as a grown-up woman who is the daughter of the king. In other words, that princess, that person who operates uh, in the world as if she's an heir to the king. So there's a meme that goes around on social media that uh, I can't remember exactly how it goes, but I love it every time I see it. It has a picture of a woman and it says something to the effect of, you know, every time I'm having a rough day or things are not going my way and I'm, I'm tempted to, you know, shrink back, I stand up tall and I straighten my crown and I remind myself I'm a daughter of the king. I love that. Yes, that's the part that I like. I, somebody needs to send me that meme about every other day because I need that <laughs> kind of reminder all the time. I don't forget that I'm a child of the king, but I forget that kind of aspect of it. Yeah, so we all forget that when we are down, maybe we're beating ourselves up for the many mistakes that we all make. We do need to straighten up, look in the mirror and straighten our crown and say, wait a minute, I am a daughter of the king. And Sharon, your book is going to reveal to so many women who feel broken that the rules in the Bible that Jesus broke to set those women free, he will do for them as well. There are so many that are listening right now. There are so many that are sitting around the table with us. And they feel like, I'm too broken, I'm too crippled, I'm too far gone, you don't understand my past. And they feel like there's no way that they could be considered a daughter of the king, that there's no way that Jesus would sit and talk to them the way he sat and talked to that woman at the well. But you're telling us that this same Jesus is there for them as well. So what discoveries did you make as you were writing this book that that made you go, wow, Jesus, this could really open some eyes? Mm-hmm. Well, I think, you know, for me, Luann, I, just the sense that so many women feel that they're, they're just less than, as you're talking about, being broken. And less than what? Well, less than men, less than other women, and looking at the links that Jesus went through to elevate these particular women. I mean, the, the woman caught in adultery. I mean, how many people feel broken because of sexual sin in their lives? But how did Jesus treat her? I mean, when you read that story and you see how the Pharisees talked about her in front of her, but Jesus didn't do that. He talked to her, you know, and he, he told her to go and sin no more. He called sin a sin, but he loved her. He elevated her. The the Samaritan woman, again, going back to her, I mean, this is a woman who'd been married many times and was living with the guy at the time. And yet, God saw her. You know what so many people think, Luann? Yeah, I know God forgives me, but he could never use me. And we look at these women in the Bible that, that Jesus came in contact with, and he, you know, forgave them and he healed them, but then he used them. He had a great purpose for each one of them. I mean, even Mary Magdalene, look at her. I mean, this was a woman that was possessed by many demons, as the, the Bible describes her, and doesn't say a whole lot about her. But we've read, we know what other people are like who've been possessed by demons from Scripture. And that woman, he healed her, but she became a part of his ministry team. And I remember discovering that and thinking, now, wait a minute, where has this been on my life? I think, you know, I think of the pictures that we see of Jesus with his disciples, and it's just him and the 
the 12 guys. <laughs> but it tells us that Mary Magdalene and a few other women were part of the ministry team. And then look how he elevated her at, at his resurrection. During a day when women were not allowed to testify in court, he revealed his resurrected self to Mary Magdalene and then entrusted her with the most important message of all of human history. And I don't know about you, Luann, but as a woman, that just makes me feel so loved, that that God could entrust us um, with the gospel um, to share with other people in all of our brokenness. I mean, she was a broken woman that God healed in every way, spiritually, emotionally, physically, and yet used her in such a powerful way. And for us who have been broken, God wants to heal us. He wants to heal us physically, emotionally, and spiritually, but it doesn't stop there. Then he wants to use us, use us out in the world, use us for his glory, which the three of us girls sitting right here at this table all have experienced. We've Mm. all experienced brokenness Um, in many ways. We could all tell but God stories in our lives, you know. Losing a child for me, you know, being raised in a in a home just filled with violence and pornography and gambling and just all kinds of horrible things, and how God brought me out of that and out of that brokenness and elevated me to a position of being a daughter of the King and having a having a heavenly Father who loves me so much, and not just to sit on that, but then He entrusts me with that message to go out and share it with other people. I mean, it's just amazing, isn't it? It is amazing, and I love the fact that you bring to mind that when we see all the pictures and all the paintings of Jesus, it's usually Him and His buddies you know, him and the disciples. But you're right. There were a lot of women that were on his ministry team, as you call it. I love that because in today's Mm -hmm. world, that's what we look at. We look at, are you in a team? Are you working with others? Well, Jesus did. He worked with women. Not only did he um, give them freedom, but you're right. He then asked them to, to be part of the ones that made a difference in the world, the ones that stood up and said, no, this is the Christ. And so today, Mm -hmm. that is our joy to do as well. We are freed from the broken past because Jesus said so. He said, I came to set you free, not just other people, but there is a purpose for you, and I have a plan for you, and here's what I need you to do. Share the pain that you went through and how I set that free And now you are doing more for this kingdom than you ever could have dreamed or imagined. Mm -hmm. Sharon, I know that this book is available now. And so how do you hope that women will take this book and learn from it how Jesus broke the rules to set you free? Well, my prayer in writing it is that women would just would read the New Testament, read the Gospels with brand new eyes. When they understand, and the first part of the book is really setting up what the culture was like and how it got to that situation. I mean, it, and it has a little bit of looking at the Greek philosophers and you know, Aristotle and some of that in there. But you know what? It's necessary, and it sets it up so when we read about even opening Matthew chapter 1 and seeing for like the first time Jesus' lineage, there are women listed there, which is very, very unusual. And that should give us a clue that, that God's up to something when we see those women listed in the genealogy of Christ. Um, just something kind of unheard of. Happened a few times in the Old Testament, but not many. And my prayer is that women will see 
just how precious they are to God and how God wants to, to take that brokenness in their lives and then use them in powerful ways that they will walk in power and purpose um, as a daughter of the King. Sharon Janes, you are a delight. Thank you so much for being on the program today. And girls, I want to give you this uh, charge this week. Go out, find the book, How Jesus Broke the Rules to Set You Free, and read it for yourself, but then consider giving it as a gift to someone you know needs to hear those words. May the God of hope give you the courage to encourage others. We'll see you back here next week. Thanks for joining us today at Encouragement Cafe with Luann and Friends, where women gather, friends laugh, and hearts mend. Let's continue our conversation. Hop online when you get a chance to sit down and breathe at encouragementcafe.com. Remember, this is God's ministry, so we ask for your prayers as we reach out to women in Jesus' name. We'll see you back here next week where we fill you up one cup at a time.